listening to Pubcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Okay, welcome back to the Pubcast. Uh, we are keeping the beaches open as we break down Jaws this time. Uh, we recorded this just after the 45th anniversary of Jaws opening weekend. And this time, Rob Nash joins us, which is our first new guest in a while. And of course, Rob gives me the obligatory, uh, are you recording at the top of the show, which is always fun. Uh, Jaws is a classic, arguably Spielberg's best movie, uh, but certainly his most quotable. So here's Allison, Eric, Rob, and me breaking down Jaws. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. <laughs> this is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. <laughs> you knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. Did you see that? Barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Is it true that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water, about 10 feet from the beach? Yeah. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. We're not only going to have to close the beach, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. Bad fish. But I'll catch him and kill him. Did you hear your father out of the water now? This shark? Swallow you whole. You're going to need a bigger boat. That's a 20-footer. 25. Three tons of them. Hold it up. He's coming straight for us. Don't screw it up now. Don't wait for me. Now! Shoot! fantasies of evil and compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, Jaws. See it.
before you go swimming. Did you watch our little uh, our little movie this week? I I will say. Are you recording? As you know, I am always recording. <laughs> I will say I have not studied a subject this ardently <laughs> in probably 15 years. That's why you're on this podcast, dude. Right. Yes. <laughs> I I watched the movie or rewatched the movie uh, one and a half times over three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done significant searching uh, and researching. And I, I, I was coming up with the answers to some of your questions as I walked down the stairs. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I think you may have overprepared. <laughs> I, I, I think I have. I'm, I, I whipped my stuff together in about 17 minutes. Yeah. So. yeah I think it, it reflects more of what's going on in my home and my <laughs> life than anything else. <laughs> well, so this is the fourth Fifth, fifth one that the three of us, me, Allison, and Eric have done. And I think we're getting sick of each other. We know each other's tricks at this point. So it's time for me to start changing it up. And you are the first new guest on this yeah. new format. So, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is everybody ready? I think so. Huh? Yes. Do you have any non secular You mean non secular that I'm not holding back for the show? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm good. All right. All right. Jaws, 1975. Uh, here is the plot explained by IMDb. First, I hated these, and now I'm starting to like them because they're so like deadpan and to the point and just telling you the basics of what happens in the story. I feel like that is your personality it's, sometimes. No, I, I like them because they're so ridiculous. <laughs> they, you don't get the, the theme of the, the thought of the story at all, or the, the yeah. The, no, the, Allison, it's like Brendan. It's Brendan relating any emotional event. Hey, man! <laughs> like no, no context. <laughs> it's Brendan answering the uh, question from a police officer when he gets pulled over. <laughs> Good lord! Where are you going? <laughs> Just driving. <laughs> <laughs> how fast are you going? I don't know. <laughs> That's the way you do it. That's how you don't get shot. Uh, okay. When a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community, it's up to a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt down the hunt the beast down. Uh, an old seafarer? Is that how we're going to describe Quint? Uh, yeah, I think I think someone had easy access to a thesaurus. <laughs> seafarer. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, let's start with you, Nash, since you're the new blood. Uh, do you remember? I mean, we obviously were not old enough to go see this when it came out, uh, but no. So, and where you saw it? it? You know, it's funny that in thinking of this question, um, I was three years old in 1975, and probably two and a half when this came out. And, um, but I do remember my cousin taking me to jaws 2 in the theater which was wholly inappropriate um, <laughs> a few a few years later um i remember seeing jaws on the abc sunday night movie remember how they would always show a movie oh, yeah that's yep. about right yep like, they would show it an hour earlier like at 6 p.m i think or maybe it was disney from 6 to 7 and, and then the movie would come on yeah. but uh i just remember 
begging my parents to let me stay up to see Jaws. So this was probably late seventies. And, uh, I, I got to see the edited, you know, version. I know. I think the edited version, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, there's no way I was scared by it. Uh, the early on. So I think it was so sanitized. I think the one, the one money shot they kept in sort of like in terms of the terror was like Quint. And I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. Um, at the end. Spoiler but, alert, if you haven't seen this <laughs> movie. But I, I think for some reason that image is in my yeah. mind, but I feel like I saw that. I, yeah, I, but I, don't yeah. Think, I don't think you saw like the severed leg and that type of stuff. I In the, not, I guess not jumping ahead, I saw, my first time I saw it is a very similar fashion and I remember them having the part with Quint, but the part that they cut out when they, there was a, the close up on his face and yeah. he spits up a bunch of blood that was cut out. But yeah. the rest of it was, the rest of it was in. Yeah. The, the, the image of the teeth in his like, you know, gut, that part was still there. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I was, I, I'm tr- I'm sure I probably watched it around the same time that Eric did. Right. Um, but I could not handle the movie the first really? few times. Um, I don't remember being scared by it. The part of the scare was that we grew up on a lake. <laughs> so, you know, there's yeah. all, it, it, it made it a little bit too weird. You know, we would go for like sunset swims and stuff like that. And then somebody like be swimming underwater and grab your leg and like, you'd completely freak out about it. So I, I, it just added kind of a different thing for me. When I, guess. I saw it, I was in arguably the most landlocked part of the country. Uh, I mean, there was no water within hundreds of miles. Uh, it was Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. I mean, it was the middle of the country. So I had, I had no idea from lakes or oceans. It, right. Never saw them, never was in them. I had right. no idea. And I knew that there are no sharks in a lake <laughs> um, in Wisconsin. So like there's yeah. no rational part of it, but it really creeped me out for sure. Well, it was so like, it changed how you played when you went swimming. Oh, Yes. Well, no, kid, kids would do the duh, and minnows. Duh, duh. Yeah. And I had an older brother who was seven years older than me. <laughs> so he and his friends were just like torture machines. <laughs> and they would do like the swim under, like they would kind of like just lower down in the water. And then you didn't know where they were. And this thing just has evolved. Uh, uh, it's a perfect torture machine. <laughs> All it does is eat and torture and make baby yeah. torture machines. Yes, torture machines. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's try. I mean, we're going to get stuck in a few different places, especially the uh, trivia. There's a lot of trivia here. And I'm sure Nash will have a lot of trivia because he's done all the research. But let's jump into Rotten Tomatoes scores. Uh First, the audience. What do, what do you guys think the audience score on this one? A hundred. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's that yeah. super quick and. Well, now, so can can I offer to an offer a, a tortured answer? Yes. That's what we. I think that's the whole point of this whole thing is tortured <laughs> discussions. 
I think Rotten Tomatoes, you know, only goes back, like only allows people to vote like from like 2000 on or maybe somewhere around there. Yeah, but I think I think they do compile older, uh, for, at least for the critics, they compile older um, critics. Yeah, like or on the critics, you know, they can get yeah. that. But yeah. I feel like given CGI and the fact that it literally helped to create a genre like people will be like, oh, I've seen so much, so many better versions of that story. You know, if you were born in the you know 90s or the 2000s, just because, you know, you look at it again, like I, I did this week and you're like, eh, of course it's terrifying, but you can, you know, obviously see the, see the mechanics of it a little bit more. Are you saying this shark isn't real? I'm saying that people may not be as impressed <laughs> by the. Uh, so what do you think it, the score was then? After I, all that, say a hundred. No, I'm not say hundred. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say seventy-two. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Seventy-two. Um, there's a. I'm going to say ninety-eight. The audience score for Jaws from Rotten Tomatoes was ninety percent. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That seems a little low. That seems. That's really low. What do you think the critic score was? Oh, 98. 95. Allison's going 100 again. I'm going to go 100 again. Eric goes 95. Uh, Nash says 98. Because I'm going based on the fact that you had indicated that critics scores from then and like everything. I believe that. I believe that's what it is, and I haven't looked that up uh, to verify that, but I think that's what it is. So, okay. critic score, 98%. Nash wins. Game over. Mm. End the mm. podcast. <laughs> 98 from critics, 90 from the audience. Yeah, I, mean, I, I yeah. think Rob's explanation actually makes sense, but I'm surprised. How can it be that low? It was never about what you saw. I, I think that's the, the thing. I would have expected it to be a higher score because all of so much of Jaws is not seeing it. Right, I And know. so the, the special effects at the time were... Good enough. <laughs> yeah. But I would have They're thought... They're probably good enough for today, honestly. Yeah. I think... It's actually, it's not as bad. It's just, you know, not like Jurassic Park level. Right. Yeah. I mean, short of that, you could argue that this is uh, one of a handful of near perfect movies. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, I'm going to jump into the trivia. There are all sorts of directions we can go with this. I'm going to just run through mine. You guys can jump in and... Uh, add your own whenever and or if there's you know blanks uh, I, I can fill in the blanks here and there but uh, I don't want to go <laughs> this is one movie we could do 45 minutes on trivia right. and, and you know yeah. whatever but sure. yeah, it, it's it's I, I, almost endless yeah I don't know if you're this is a part of your trivia but I think we've chosen this movie to do now for one reason and then eric noticed kind of a coincidence as well on what, what 
in, in the movie. So the, say it. Oh. the 40, it was the 45th anniversary of the release of Jaws this last right. week. Correct. Yeah. It was um, a week ago this weekend, right? And <clears throat> excuse me. And Eric, I'm, I'm trying to remember, maybe you can jump in on June 20. Today is June 28th. So tomorrow, June 29th, Eric, you noticed this. Yeah. Um, so in the, after the, um, the little boy, Alice Kintner is eaten by the shark and his mom puts out the bounty. There's a, they, there was a sign posted where it says $3,000 yeah. for the person who gets the shark who, you know, killed Alice Kintner on June 29th. And then later on in the movie, uh, when, when, Robert Shaw is doing his monologue about the Indianapolis and he says he was part, he gets to the part where he's rescued. He says, and that's, that was, and then we came out of the water on June 29th, 1945. So tomorrow is, I guess, technically the, if the movie took place in the year it was released, it's the 45th anniversary of Alex Kittner being, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Killed and the 75th anniversary of the sailors being rescued on the USS Indianapolis. Yeah, oh, it's a convergence in the force, basically. Meant <laughs> to be. Yeah. Wow. We're going to re- be uh, returning to Mrs. Kittner later. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. Mrs. Kittner of of the multiple slaps. Slap. Slappy slap. Yep. Slippity yeah. slap. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's start off with some of the easy ones. Uh, there is no Amity Island. Uh, it's Martha's Vineyard, uh, which I think will play a role. To me, it plays a role in when we get to the recasting part, because it's mm, arguably one of the whitest places in the country. And so uh, <laughs> that's It's funny. I, I, I'm... I, let's talk about diversity in the recast. We will. Oh, yes, we will. Definitely will. I have a preview. I have the whitest version of diversity that you could possibly have. <laughs> whitest version of diversity. Okay. Meaning it's like a stereotypical vision of diversity. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, not to get sidetracked. The thing that one of the things I saw about Martha's Vineyard, uh, Brendan, was that the like physical requirements of the shoot were so crazy, or at least as Spielberg envisioned it, that there were a number of reasons to move it up, up North there. But one of them was it's so shallow around the Island. I never really knew that because they needed to be, you know, they had to lay things on the surface of this, of the ocean in order to shoot it properly. Yeah. That was a big, I know very little about that part of the world. I do too, but it's it, apparently for like miles, he he could go far enough out so that they could spin the camera and never see land, but it was still shallow enough oh. to, to work in. Oh, all right. Um, the three mechanical sharks that played Jaws were nicknamed Bruce after Spielberg's lawyer, Bruce Raymer or Raymer. Uh, I think we all know that. Eric uh, was the first person to point this out to me. I don't know ten. 15 years ago that the name of the big great white shark in finding Nemo is also Bruce uh, based on this. So that's a little, little funny tidbit. Um, 
I, I think I knew this, but I, I had forgotten it. Uh, Spielberg was not the original director of Jaws. Right. Uh, Dick Richards, which that's a great name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the original director was fired for repeatedly referring to Jaws as a whale in the pitch to producers. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of an idiot is this guy? So this big whale think, comes over. A big whale. <laughs> Dick Dickard's here. <laughs> Dicky McDickstein. Yeah. Um, nice one, Dick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rob, have you read this book? Eric, have you read this book? I have. It is on my list, but I've never read it. I um, clearly suffer from a debilitating memory disease because I have read this book, but forgot that I had read it until I started reading into yes. the movie trivia again. So I was, I thought it was funny that the movie cuts out a subplot where Brody's wife has an affair with Hooper. Yes. There, there's. There's a whole like Hooper Ellen Brody context. Wow. So I don't want to jump the gun on our categories, but that's the sequel I want to see. Yes, really. (laughs) What's going on with those two? Hooper. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Brody's famous line, we're going to need a bigger boat. Excuse me as I burp up my Diet Coke. Uh, That line was ad-libbed by Scheider on the day. Right. That was not in the script. Right. So, uh, about that line, one of the other things that I saw was that in an early version of Jaws, when they were doing like a preview for audiences, they yeah. they showed it in you know like a Midwest theater or whatever, and the jump scare had people so riled up that they missed the line, yeah. and so they had to add a bunch of footage just to give enough time for audiences to recover. From you know, when, the, when the shark jumps out of the water and he says that line because he wanted to make sure the audience didn't miss the line. Yeah, that's funny. That is very funny. It, then, it, 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 there's another. Uh, I hope this is on the list, Brendan. But there's another reshoot. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. There's a. Uh, as I was reading, I heard about the the edit, but I also heard um, Spielberg was not happy with some of the shots especially when um, they found Gardner's, you know, body in the boat. Yeah. Um, He didn't like the reveal. And so he snuck back onto the lot and stole equipment and went to his friend's house and reshot it in her pool. Yeah. And he like, he, he, he used milk to get the pool to be sort of, you know, um, I guess. Cloudy. Yeah. Murky. Yeah, murky, um, and shot it the way he wanted to do it. So I love it. It did. It did sound like, for the most part, though, that Spielberg was more nonchalant about this. It was his like first or second large film, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, second. And, and, and it seems like it's only encouraged him to be more prepared in the next ones, just because this was, you know, so terrible. Yeah, it, it's a it's a famous shit show. Like this was yeah. a, a horrible production from the get-go they missed every timeline and budget and um mechanical plan and and mentally it wasn't healthy like you know there were incidents of the like sort of mental exhaustion i guess they used to call it 
Well, and there was fighting in the cast and mental exhaustion, aka being drunk. I think that's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, we can, uh, yeah, Robert Shaw <laughs> not being able to speak his lines on on uh, yeah. on set, which I'm I'm paying homage to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Man, I, I love the idea that he did that whole Indianapolis thing. Uh, he did that whole speech while he was super hammered and couldn't get it out. Uh, had to be basically drug off the set. And then the next day he came back sober or relatively sober and then nailed it. Right. And I also like the idea that he and Richard Dreyfus hated each other and they were constantly fighting. And he that, kept headbutting him. That's <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Robert heard- Shaw had a babysitter through the whole production to just try to Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Rodman of the Jaws shoot. He had he, Jack Haley trying to babysit him. Yeah. I had I heard two other fun facts. One, he was being chased by tax authorities yes. in the UK and the US. And so every weekend on the shoot he would head off to Canada to just like touch it's so great neutral territory because the uh, tax man was chasing him on both uh, both countries i, I saw okay. canada i also saw canada or bermuda too like he sort of just anywhere but the us and i think he his entire salary had to go to the irs like i for the movie i don't think he was able to keep anything he yeah. was like the proto nicolas cage <laughs> well, Nicholas Cage or uh, Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. <laughs> uh, okay, what is, what is this one? Um, oh, we're talking about Quint. Uh, that guy Gardner. I, for, I forget the actor's name. Um, oh yeah, he was a local. He was a local, and apparently he was like the inspiration for the character Quint. Like he was this crazy knuckleheaded quote-unquote seafarer who would just say these weird lines and he had the big pork chop side, sideburns and he, you can see him on the in the movie uh, uh, just being nutty, nutty. whoa hello i'm here sorry so someone cut out there um yeah so i thought that was like a, that they created the character i mean they kind of did but it was it was based on just a a local who is a uh, a fisherman and who got some lines in the movie. Yeah. Two things I heard about that. Uh, one, that guy apparently was a character. Um, yeah. He walked around town barefoot. Uh, he would often just sing walking down the street and, and kind of random interactions with people. So I thought it was funny that they then cast him even as this relatively put together guy in the movie. But um, I, I thought, it kind of actually disappointed me that he based anything about that character on a real person. I know. I, th- I either think less of uh, Robert Shaw or of Spielberg or somebody that they couldn't put a compelling character together without a guy they happened to find on the day. Mm-hmm. Or There yeah. seemed to be a lot. I mean, when we get to casting, we, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but a lot of, Hey, we're doing this tomorrow, and so we need yes. this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, go find me uh, a character fisherman guy. Yeah. Um, so one of the, you were we were talking about the infamous uh, drinking of Robert Shaw throughout the whole filming, mm-hmm. but apparently the 
um, guy who played the mayor um, was out drinking with people and on his way back to the hotel, bent down to pet a cat and it was a skunk. Oh, and yes. Allison, I read the same story, except it was Mayor Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that what you said? I thought you were saying that. I uh, said the mayor, the, the guy oh, who played mayor. the mayor. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about the gardener. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Yes. The mayor. That the was mayor. awesome. So they, he had to do like the whole tomato juice bath and everything else in order to be able to go back on set the next day. Like he <laughs> thought it was a cat. So not only. Oh, that's fantastic. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I'm drunk or sober, I'm never stopping to pet a cat. No, no. <laughs> like I, it, it's it never sounds like a good idea to me at all ever. It's like something from a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> it's Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. <laughs> good lord, uh, Eric, Eric. All I can think of is Adventures in Babysitting when she's at the bus terminal. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Pets yep. a rat instead of a cat. Oh, there you go. Why would you hurt a poor defenseless little kitten? <laughs> <laughs> Quint's boat, the orca, sank unexpectedly during filming. Yes. I love that. I love when insane things like that happen. Yeah. How, could, how could that possibly happen? Uh, composer John Williams, when he played the first, or he first played the, the famous shark theme for... Uh, Spielberg on the piano. He thought it was a joke. He hated it so much. Yeah, I saw that too. I, again, this is he, this this movie happened by accident. Like it's all just. I mean, the music really is a character almost. Yeah, in the oh, movie. of course. It's a great way to say it. I I mean, between the mistakes or like all the apparent or you know stated mistakes of pre-production, it just seems like so many things came together from the music. Because when you watch it again, it it's not just those scenes. There's like music in almost every scene yeah. under underneath all the dialogue. Um, but the music and the casting, even down to the uh, uh, shooting stars. You know, yeah, there's there's two shooting stars in the movie, and everyone's like, "Oh, why did you add those?" And they, Spielberg was like, "I didn't. We just got lucky." I noticed them like they stood out. We watched it last night. Yeah, I was like, "Well, I don't. Yeah. I didn't see that before. I don't know what happened there, but that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It did. It looked like CG, though. Yeah, yeah. It was not. Um, the one thing I found weird was when they show when they catch that thirteen foot tiger shark or whatever it was, um, and they have it, you know, hanging hanging on the hook uh, on the dock or whatever. Right. Uh, apparently that was a real shark. It was a real shark. They, they, they couldn't mock something up and just make it out of foam or latex or whatever. Well, and I heard that it was, they had to ship it up from Florida, Florida or whatever. So it was like starting to rot by the time it got right. there. It and like people were like getting nauseous by the smell and all of the yeah. organs were starting to collapse like down towards the, mouth or whatever so it just was completely rancid and yeah they, they couldn't like a normal sunday afternoon oh my god <laughs> i can't imagine that smell uh any other trivia that is not cast related 
like casting related? You know, one thing I did want to say because of the uh, Indianapolis speech, I don't know if we're going to Go talk about it. Dive in. Um, like in general, the movie, you know, has um, Gottlieb. And actually, I forgot the second writer now. Oh, I didn't bring it. Sorry. But um, Gottlieb is the uh, acts as the uh, Gazette, like the editor reporter in yeah. the movie. And, yeah, but, uh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, yeah, he's the uh, the newscaster on the beach is the author of the book. Well, he, yeah, that's Peter Benchley, but the author, the screenwriter for the movie, um, is also the mayor or the uh, newspaper reporter in town. But it was so funny. There's an uncredited writer, Spielberg chipped in, um, and then on the Indianapolis speech, um, they they talked about it. Carl didn't write the. Fr- Carl Gottlieb didn't write the first draft. Um, they had another writer come in and he did a 10 page speech. Good Lord. Uh, and then, yeah. And then Shaw got a hold of it and he said, let me edit it. So he actually did an active like writing role and got it down to the, the basically what you see on the movie. And then you, you describe the, the drunken version and then the sober version. But I just thought it was funny that it kind of passed through three different writers um, just for that speech. And I can't decide if that's because the there was chaos on the movie or it was very cool that they would like pass it around type thing. Well, I like that he made it his own. Yeah. You know, I mean. That's great. But I, I, I don't know how that can start as a 10 page speech. Right. Because uh, I don't know. Uh, the speech in the movie is a half a page speech or whatever. It's a one page speech. Well, it's probably what? Three, three minutes, maybe. We should know that, I guess. <laughs> but so you know it went from 10 minutes to three basically yeah it it couldn't have been just more than just like more of the same just like him telling more stories about yeah. seeing a guy like this seeing another guy like that um maybe talking about i don't know food or not having food or not having water or you know yeah. something like that that really would have just sort of drug it out mm. and not really um, it would have lost a lot of momentum in the story. The final version nailed it. That's all I know. Yeah. I have one more fun, kind of funny thing that apparently happened on set, and that was uh, George Lucas had stopped by the set and was looking at the mechanical shark, and they he kind of put his head in, kind of joking around, and I think it was Spielberg and somebody else. Uh, closed the shark mouth on him and yeah. then it got stuck and they it took a while to get him out and then they were freaking out that they broke the shark again um with this little prank or whatever George Lucas so, stuck in his shark right. legs flailing <laughs> <laughs> i get the feeling that george lucas was just the butt of everyone's jokes always just as this nerdy little dude with his <laughs> bouffant hairdo yeah it's so great. Yeah. Eric, did you have any others? Um, I don't know. I, I guess we um, we touched on it briefly about how the movie sort of everything just like came together, but a lot of it ended up like coming together basically out of necessity. Like the the yeah. shark didn't work right. They couldn't get it to work right. So that's why they hardly ever show the shark until the very end. It was sort of the, the fear of not seeing it 
and the building up in your imagination that was what created the fear. Like it could have very easily, if everything had worked the way they had originally planned, it could have been just like a very generic sort of almost like monster movie. Yeah. But because uh, it didn't work right, they had to come up with a new idea and and that's what ended up making it work so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the overrun? Like how far off on their timeline did they end up being? Was it a year? Was it more? I thought, yeah, it, it was around, I thought for sure nine months. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it was like a tripling of the budget. Right. Trying to get everything to work and things breaking down and both you imagine and a young director on his second real movie tripling the budget and being nine months behind and i think they were having issues too because they were trying to get like make it look like they're really far out in the ocean but yeah. not be at far out in the ocean and there would be like a boat that would like like a small craft that would show up in the shot and so they'd have to wait and <laughs> There, there couldn't be too many waves or something like like there was a lot of like trying to get the conditions to be just right yeah. because the shark Eric as you were saying was so temperamental that they could like it had to be just you right. try to show that they're they're out in the deep Atlantic and somebody walks by and like it, it, like waving yes. through yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> cotton candy. Um, you know I think I think what's underestimated or maybe not given the credit due is the book was such a hit itself and the passion that, um, Oh gosh, the two producers, Zuckman and, and I can't remember the other producer now. Um, they both, you know, they snapped up the, the movie rights cause the book was such a success. So I think they thought they had something potentially just based on book sales. You know, they, they, they could kind of bank on a certain audience, but it is interesting how much leeway they gave, a 27 year old guy who had not yeah. done a movie. I mean, I, th I think if that happens today, uh, he's replaced uh, halfway through. Uh, he, I don't think he would even make it to mm -hmm. double the budget or triple the budget. Like once he goes over by a hundred grand or whatever, he's out. <laughs> you replace so quickly. I, I, I just did a, sorry, Eric, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I just did a quick search. Um, Principal photography for Jaws was supposed to take 55 days, and instead it took 159 days. Good God. Wow. That's, that's a crazy number. Yeah, and that's – I mean, they made more movies back then, but that's still a crazy bet. I mean, the, the other thing is the, the pure, um, like, happenstance of, like, getting certain people in place in time to do it. Um, it's just, you know, Spielberg had had his like TV movie hit and then he was kind of coming off like, you know, no real major credentials to make this. And then Dreyfus, I don't want to get in the casting too quickly, but, you know, he had American Graffiti at least filmed yeah. and had some credibility from that. But one of his interim movies didn't do so well. And so he was sort of compelled to say yes after initially saying no to Jaws because he thought he would wouldn't have a career because the his previous movie was so bad so it's just funny how like how much like desperation played into uh everyone trying to get it right yeah this whole thing was the whole, whole movie was just like uh 
they got lucky mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. 20 times in a row. Yeah. I, I got the other answer to the question. The original estimated budget was three and a half million dollars. It wound up costing nine. Wow. That's nuts, man. And them's $1975. Good. Right. All right. Well, let's jump into casting stuff. Um, since we're, we, uh, Rob approached it already. Um, so I found it interesting that right away, the first actors cast were not the leads. They were Lorraine Gary, uh, who was Ellen Brody. She was the wife of the president of Universal. Uh, huh. Murray Hamilton as the mayor. And the stunt woman turned actress, Susan Baccalini. Back, yeah, I'm going with Baccalini. Uh, it was Chrissy, the first victim. Uh, and she, so the one she that got, got the, swished all around. Yeah, she got the job because she could swim and would act nude, basically. She uh, would appear nude in the film. Um, and then a bunch of the other minor roles were played by just local residents, which is how we got to our crazy Quint inspiration. Uh, then we get into the main people. I think we've all probably read the same things, but let's just go over it. Uh, some of the people considered for the main roles that didn't get them or turned them down for whatever reason, Brody, uh, like the producers and the, the author of the book, they wanted bigger names. Uh, they were throwing out stuff like Robert Redford for Brody, uh, Paul Newman for Hooper, and Steve McQueen for Quint. But Spielberg didn't want any of that stuff. He wanted, you know, uh, I guess lower level, uh, probably cheaper talent, unknown, yeah, unknown so they wouldn't yeah. carry the baggage with them coming in. But, all right, so some of the Brody ones were Charlton Heston, Robert Duvall as Brody. Duvall, I'd like to see as Brody. Yeah. yeah. Heston, I don't know about that, but. Duvall it would, be, would be way too dramatic if it was Charleston Heston. Yeah, yeah. I have the Ten Commandments with them. <laughs> yeah, he would he would write the uh, uh, beach clothes in, in in tablets, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> he'd he'd just part the he'd part the the ocean and the shark would just be flopping yes. on the ground in the middle there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. He <laughs> <laughs> would have caught that fish in four seconds. Right. Uh, (laughs) other guys for, or, uh, other possible, uh, hoopers, uh, John Voight, which at the time that would have been mildly interesting. Uh, these other guys, I don't know. Uh, Timothy Bottoms from Johnny Got His Gun. I don't know that film or him. Uh, Joel Gray from Cabaret and Jeff Bridges. Oh, a young Jeff Bridges. That's a that's a very young Jeff Bridges. Yeah, uh, I think I, I saw the Jeff Bridges. I thought that was actually a good choice. You could actually see him doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Voight boggles my mind just because Dreyfus was so you know gregarious and like outgoing and, and yeah. kind of loud, and Voight just. I mean, I feel like the psycho of Voight would have canceled <laughs> out the psycho of Quint. <laughs> like, can you imagine those guys off camera? No. <laughs> They'd be uncomfortable the entire time. <laughs> they would have burned down the whole town. Uh, let's see. So options for Quint. Uh, Sterling Hayden of Dr. Strangelove. 
and Lee Marvin, who uh-huh. turned down. No, no. Take it back, Brendan. Sterling Hayden is not from Dr. Strangelove. No? He, well, he may be, but he his signature role is Captain McCluskey in The Godfather. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So the man who, uh, you know, frisked Michael and then was shot in the uh, Italian restaurant could have been Quinn. You want to say, was he, did he not do that yet? But he had already, yeah. All right. McCluskey, damn it. Uh, so nine days before the start of production, <clears throat> neither Quint nor Hooper had been cast. Nine days beforehand. Wow. Again, they're just flying by the seat of their pants this entire production. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure how they got um, Schneider, Schneider uh, for uh, Brody, but whatever. Um, Shaw was reluctant to take the role because he didn't like the book, but his wife... And secretary, oh, his wife, yeah, his wife and secretary said the last time, uh, or they were telling him to take it. And the last time they were so enthusiastic was when they were, uh, when he took From Russia with Love, the James mm. Bond movie. So uh, they were right then and they were right at this time too. Mm. Uh, I think Shaw's a bit of a wild card. Uh, I've got a thing here about, oh, the actor for, uh, that Quint was based on his name was Craig Kingsbury, a local fisherman and legendary eccentric. Played Ben Gardner. Good lord. That guy's insane. Uh any other casting rumors or thoughts? Uh no. I mean I think it's so funny that they didn't um like the appeal of the movie wasn't apparent to everybody. No, it's just funny on, on how there was, there's some decent names being tossed around, but um, like Dreyfus, for example, mainly was carried on the recommendation of Lucas. Yeah. You know, George Lucas said, Hey, I just filmed this movie, American graffiti, but it hadn't come out yet. And he said, he's a good guy. And you know, he's not, um, he's not a pain in the ass and you should, you should work with him. And then the fact that he was, you know, taking the job, because he didn't feel like his acting career was going places either. So it's, it's just funny um, how, again, they both kind of fell into it. Who do we think was the biggest star coming into this movie? Uh, Dreyfus, uh, Scheider, or uh, um, Shaw? Well, Sh- Shaw had to have the most impressive resume for yeah. sure. Right. Uh, Schneider probably was the biggest star, though. I guess so. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, me too. Because, like, movies like, I don't know, like, had Mar- he was in Marathon Man, right? Was that out at that point? Yeah. The French, Connect- French Connection? I think he was in a series of movies in the late 60s. So he, uh, he's, I mean, Shaw had been a stage actor and a play actor, but not like Scheider. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to everyone's favorite uh, <laughs> section or part of this uh, podcast. Uh, Recasturbate. <laughs> this is where we recast the movie uh, with today's actors. So, Nash, we did uh, Better Off Dead last night. And instead of each of us going through our list, we decided to change it up and, and go uh, – 
by character. Character by character. So we'll we'll do okay. a round of Shider or a round of Brody, a round of Hooper, a round of Quint, that type of thing. Yeah. And then I have a couple wild cards then, I like to throw out there. Yeah, we have all sorts of wild cards usually after that. So uh, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, all right. Well, Nash, since you're first, or since you're new, you're first. Uh, who would you recast as Brody? Do, so I have a couple options. Do I just go with my favorite or list them all? You can. However you prefer. Give us your number one, and then you can give us uh, like two bench players. But uh, we generally say three is our max because otherwise you use up all the good names and yeah. you get screwed. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I actually think this guy can nail this, like not liking the ocean, but feeling duty bound, um, vibe to a T and that's Denzel. <laughs> Denzel Washington. But I think Josh Brolin and Charlize Theron could both play the chief. Oh, Brolin. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't like Brolin, but, uh, I like the Charlize one. Um, just as a preview of something later, I have Denzel somewhere else. I do too. Yeah, I, I could put him in like eight categories, but I yeah. uh, Eric, what do you got for Brody? Um, so for me, for Brody, I I sort of bounced around a little bit with you know sort of like the traditional leading man type. Um, I I had. But sort of a bit on the younger side, I had thought maybe Michael B. Jordan, but changed my mind. At one point, I thought maybe Chris Evans, but I settled on uh, Oscar Isaac. Mm. Oh, oh, interesting. I like that one. I like that, too. I like that. I'd like that one a lot. Yeah. I didn't even consider him. Mm-mm. Damn, that's a good one. Damn it. Son of a... So I had... It happened way too quickly, and I, I was kind of disappointed, but I kept coming back to him, was Brad Pitt. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, he could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I like, um, Rob, kind of using your same description, I had Idris Elba as my... See, that's where I, uh, my, my, the, the whiteness of Martha's Vineyard uh, colored me, my... <laughs> it was a mashup of how do i change my words here uh it, it affected my uh choices on some of these yeah. except for I, I did veer off of that yeah but what if it was a, a, a mashup of blazing saddles and jaws and iris adaba was the... <laughs> wait did you say iris adaba sorry <laughs> have another sip uh, adina menzel uh <laughs> The other, the other one I had was Jessica Chastain. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I like both of the female Brodies at this point. Yeah. Brody was one I, I had the most trouble casting. Oh, really? Because he's such an everyman. And I don't know, I don't know what his deal is. I don't know what that character's yeah. whole thing is. Like, came from New York, but I don't know his backstory. Like, why is he in Martha's Vineyard? He's clearly not happy about it or... His family's like, not happy yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, remember, it was supposed to be Long Island, so it was like a suburb of New York. Yeah. Well, yeah. So 
I I couldn't get a vibe for Brody, but so I, I'll give you some of the ones that I said no to since I'm last in the Brody uh, thing. I'm going to go over the three rule, but two of these are bullshit. They wouldn't work because they're, they're way too old, I think. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I, th- I think mm-hmm. he's fine, but I do try to keep the my suggestions in the age range, and these guys are well over 50. Uh, John Hamm. I like John Hamm for this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like that. I, I think he could work, but uh, I said no to him. Um, and my, my other one is bullshit. But the, the one I picked, which is sort of a – came out of nowhere, was Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he could pull it off. Huh? I was looking at him for a Ooh, while. that's a good one. That yeah. is a good one. I like I, – I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I like uh, Isaac. And I like – the girls too. Jake's good though. Women, sorry. Uh-huh. I like the boys and the girls. Uh, okay, uh, back to Nash. Pick your Hooper. I, I I went round and round, and I have a couple others if we uh, run. You know, need more filler, but I'm gonna go with Charlie Day. Wow. We have said we said just last night. That every podcast, every time we do <laughs> casting, we have to include Charlie Day in some way. I yeah. think he'd be perfect for this role. He'd have to dial it down a tid, but he'd be great. That's a good one. Oh, my God. Do you have any uh, second strings? Uh, I, I thought Franco could do it as well. Yeah, and that's, then... That's a good one. That, 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 of course, immediately made me think of Seth Rogen, and I just think he's too stoned to do it. <laughs> he's too he's too broad, too, like, big and loud. Uh, Eric, what do you think? Hooper? Um, at one point, I, I thought maybe Cillian Murphy, but I think he's a little too intense. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of wanted to um, – he wasn't – Hooper was never really like comic relief, but he did sort of, yeah, sort of had some humorous moments that kind of occasionally lighten the mood a little bit. And I thought of at one point, I thought maybe Daniel Radcliffe. Hmm. I considered him as well. And then um, I think I I think I've kind of settled on Jason Schwartzman. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's good too. The, the the Daniel Radcliffe Schwartzman combo both very good. Yeah, I like those. So I had uh, Jonah Hill, and I yeah. think it, I I got into this Brad Pitt Jonah Hill Moneyball. Like I like their <laughs> relationship. I like the uh, kind of dynamic, yeah. you know, where Brad Pitt's kind of the soft spoken. I think that works. Got you know, it, it just they have good chemistry together. Um, I also thought Brie Larson would be really good. <laughs> I had Brie Larson on my uh, one of my secondary choices, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And then, um, I had Daniel Kalulia, if I'm saying his name right, um, in from Get Out, Daniel Kalula. Oh, Kaluuya. yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's good. That's good. I I had trouble with Hooper. I have one guy that I liked, 
but any any sort of secondary ones I couldn't come up with. Mm-hmm. Brie Larson was my second one. My first one, my only choice really for uh, Hooper is Donald Glover. I thought he'd work. Well, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Really good one. I like Donald Glover. Yeah, I like, like oh, that's... The, the, yeah. the nerdy tech guy sort of from The Martian. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he can... Yeah, I like yep. that. Yeah. Uh, all right, back to Nash. Uh, this is going <laughs> to... There are so many ways to go in this direction. I mean, I mean there are. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it would be... The line is long to play Quint. Yeah, so. it'd be imposing to even accept the role. But um, I know we talked... This is... I'll, I'll go from three, two, one. Um, I know we talked about Spielberg thinking about him as Hooper, but I thought Jeff Bridges could probably pull off a, a Quint nowadays. Yeah. Um, it, it, it depends today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jeff Bridges. Old, old Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought what would be interesting, I've seen him in a couple films lately, is Benicio del Toro. Oh, that is good too. I thought yep. he could be psycho. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he could really kind of lay it on. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, if you're going to have like what is one of the greatest characters of all time, you got to have Daniel Day Lewis play him. <laughs> Damn it, that's good. I, I yeah. had him for a while, but I. Um, Damn it! Yeah. I like that one. That's good. That's good. All right, Eric. Eric. All right. Well, I almost feel like when we're talking somebody as insane as Quint, I think inevitably this group would go towards. Tom Hardy. Damn I it. totally have him on my list. He's my number two. But it's al- at, at, at this point, it's almost like uh, the final round of Wheel of Fortune. Like everybody, you know, everybody's going to pick RST, right. L, and E. So <laughs> what else are you going to pick? Right. So I do have Tom Hardy on my list. I had Benicio, I have Benicio Del Toro on my list too. Uh, and um, I was thinking of like all the actors that do crazy so i came across like uh maybe like christian bale or um my other one but if not benicio de Churl, then i have michael shannon oh that's good <laughs> michael shannon that's is it. the leader coming around the final turn <laughs> Newsflash, right. double newsflash. <laughs> Cunt punch. So, I, so we fucking I, suck so far. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should no, but those are all. Awesome. Oh my gosh, that three minute clip. Oh my god, Eric, um, those were all really good. <laughs> This is going to be a real bumpy ride. Um, all right. So, of course, I had Tom Hardy on my list. Um, I'm going to go uh, three, two, one. Um, so, I had Harrison Ford as my number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two, mm-hmm. uh, Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Rob, you had mentioned him for Brody. And my number one is Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Oh, that is a good one, too. Oh, that's good. Defoe. That's good. That's a good one. You crown the winner of that one, though. That's a good one. Uh, 
All right, I've got mine yet. So, oh, I also had Tom Hardy. <laughs> of course, <laughs> on, on my bench. Uh, I think we need to set a rule like for any crazy character, we can't say Tom Hardy anymore because I, yeah. I still, I still enjoy saying it. <laughs> All right, yeah. Too, it's don't, too easy. Don't restrict it. He's not restricted. We're not going right. to restrict it. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I also had. It's right there watch. with. It's right there with putting Charlie Day in every movie. That's right. true. All right. All right. <laughs> Charlie Day and Tom Hardy. Um, I had Denzel as well as like my number three. Uh, Tom Hardy was probably number two. Uh, I'll throw out a wild card. I just thought of it, and he could do it. I think would be Russell Crowe oh, as yeah. a crazy Quint. Okay, but my number one, and I think I like him for any number of reasons because I think he is he can play crazy. Is Michael Fassbender? As oh, yes, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Feel yeah, but different. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it. Yeah. All right, uh, Nash. Let's go to Mayor Vaughn. Well, I feel like there's only one person that can accurately portray Mayor Vaughn and capture all of his essence. I wouldn't write the, the name down. <laughs> and it's United States Vice President Mike Pence. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I went to the higher office, Rob. Yeah. Everything's fine. And amity means friendship. <laughs> As opposed to Trump. No, Mike Pence is the bootlicker. So, like, <laughs> I just feel like he's the wow. You know, All right. All right. I, I thought of I thought it was Trump because damn it, those beaches are going to be open for the Fourth of July, no matter yeah. what. Oh, COVID or shark, be damned. <laughs> uh, did you have any backups? I didn't. I, I felt like that was it. <laughs> That's all right. That's good. Shot, <laughs> man. Uh, Eric, what do you got? Um, I had a couple of choices. My, my first one was Brian Cranston, but I quickly passed on him. Um, I thought at one point Stanley Tucci, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. what I, what I came up with and I do like, he just sort of recently made a comeback in a recent movie and I think he would do a really good job. Don Johnson. <laughs> oh, interesting. I considered him as well from Knives really? Out. Yeah, he's a, he's, wow. a, he's a bit old to me for the position, but who cares? I mean, yeah. he's the mayor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. Don Johnson. So I'm going to go three, two, one, um, assuming the president is not available to take the role. <laughs> um, I've got um, Annette Benning. As the mayor, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like getting pre- like you can imagine, yeah. like getting pressure from city council and business owners and stuff like that, and how she would, res- like I think she could play that part. Um, Will William H Macy was my yeah. number two. He's good. That's and good. My number one, and I think it's a good one, <laughs> is Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> Not like so, not so much kind of the sniveling guy, but like just I think he could play 
the, he doesn't the want his power questioned. Right. Yeah. The calc and very calculated and Brendan, who who in the similar vein, who was the villain and wrote the actor who played the villain in Roadhouse? Oh, is this is this uh, the bad guy from Big Lebowski? Uh, yeah. uh, Jackie Treehorn. <laughs> yeah, Jackie Treehorn. Come on, Eric. You know what the actor's name? I don't know the actor's anyway, name. Anyway, he could play the mayor as well. Oh yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, all right, I've got. I got, I really have only one choice, but I'll give you my other thought process. Thought processes. Okay. Say that again. Um, I considered Michael Stuhlbarg. Stuhl, Stuhlberg? I don't know who He that was is. in Boardwalk Empire. He was, uh, 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 what's the character? The, the, he rigged the World Series. Uh, it was Joe Jackson. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he was uh, in Men in Black, uh, the most recent one with Will Smith and... Uh, uh, Josh Brolin, he w- had the hat on backwards and he went through time or whatever. Oh, that guy! That guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I know him. who that is. Oh, I don't know. He's, oh, yes, yes, yes. He's yes, been yes. in many other yes. movies, but yes. he's sort he's of like a, a character, character actor. actor. Yeah. So, I didn't go with him, but he was out there. Uh, I thought about Sam Rockwell as the mm-hmm. mayor. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Arrogant enough. That. The one I like a lot, but. I dismissed early on was Paul Giamatti. Mm. That made yeah. do it. The one I came across that I like a lot. I'm not sure exactly why, but I, I, I think it's a good solid. It's a different movie. It's a different mirror. Would be Nick Offerman. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could get to where you wanted him to get, but you know he's got a different look and right. everything. So. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the last, the only other person that we should be talking or is even worth talking about, and it's debatable if this person's worth talking about yeah. at all, is uh, Ellen Brody. Uh, Nash, do you have an Ellen? Well, this kind of leads into one of my other theories, but I, I think there's only one answer, and it's Diane Lane. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's actually a good one. Uh, how does she match up with any of your Brodies? Well, funny you say this because I have a theory <laughs> that the entire Jaws cast can be replaced in a one-to-one fashion by the cast from uh, A Perfect Storm. I fucking knew it. What? <laughs> 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 I don't know where things fall exactly, but I just know the players are strong enough on both sides that you could shake it up and wherever it landed, it'd be fine. So who is who? Uh, yeah, well, you want John C. Riley as Quint? Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. You want a crazy Clooney as Quint? Okay. Mm-hmm. That too. I, want, I mean, Clooney is Brody, right? I don't know. Because mm-hmm. Wahlberg could be Brody. So I think, I think Wahlberg, I think he could be Brody too, I guess. Damn it, Rob. That's You've got the the woman um, that the young deckhand uh, seduced in the crow's nest bar. She could be <laughs> Mrs. Kintner. You've you got everything you need there. 
<laughs> All right, Eric, give me, give us your Ellen. If you have one, I do not have an Ellen Brody. That, that's, that's, that's the right answer. That's plug and play. That could be kind of be anybody. The character is a zero. They didn't write a, a character for Ellen Brody. So that's not until the sequels. No. Do you have one? Ellen? I, I didn't, but one I just came up with is Diane Lane. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Well done, both of you. Uh, I put no effort into it. Not Diane. Who, he just. He, who did you say, Rob? I, I said th- Diane Lane, and then I said the whole cast of. I thought you said Star. Keaton. So that's no. what I was like. <laughs> <what>? Diane Keaton? <laughs> no. <laughs> Diane Keaton, I believe, is 97 years old. I know. <laughs> that's, why it, no. that's why I was like, the Bre- when Brendan asked a question, like, who is she? No. <laughs> oh, Diane wow. Lane from the Perfect Storm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's a shark. La dee da. La dee da. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, Robbie. Michael and a boy. <laughs> Does Ellen Brody wear a lot of uh, suits and ties and That's oversized hats? <laughs> yeah. uh, on the beach. She's wearing a full tuxedo on the beach. <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. So sorry, Rob. Did the shark have I was really baffled by your together? suggestion, so that's why it's Hey Brendan, oh. I, I do have I, I do have two well, wait, I do have one Ellen Brody, not that it matters, but I'd throw in a Rachel McAdams into that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, pick whatever actress who's aged thirty-five to forty-five in that role, because it's not even really it's Blake Lively. It's like an extra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I actually have two minor characters. I like or two, two other points. Uh, Hendrix, who's the deputy. Oh yeah. In the police department. Mm-hmm. That is John Krasinski, but only from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. I like that one. Um, or I'm sorry, two, three total points. I think Mrs. Kittner, who uh, as you. Eric already referenced, you know, she lost her son at the beach. Slippity slap. Yeah. Um, that's Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> another, another political reference, but yeah. she could bring some outrage. Like, she definitely like, could. In place. Yeah. You know who I, you know who I think? Elizabeth Warren could play that part. Just kidding. That's <laughs> what about I, Diane Lane? The whole, the whole cast, the whole cast uh, swap out not only applies to Perfect Storm cast, I think it's Gilligan's Island, too. You can make that one. (laughs) (laughs) This is something we may have to include in future episodes. Well, the professor is clearly Hooper, and, you know, Gilligan is Brody, and, you know, maybe the captain is Quint. (laughs) The captain is Quint. All right. That one you may have to so who's on. Mrs. Who's Mrs. Kittner? Uh, Mrs. Howell. Mrs. Howell. Mrs. Yeah. Howell for sure. And then you know, Ellen's probably um, not Ginger. Marianne. Marianne. Oh, Marianne. So do do so the Globe Trotters get to visit Amity Island? <laughs> is is, Gin, is Ginger Chrissy then the yeah, uh, exactly. first victim? Thank you, Eric. Yes, now someone's contributing to the, the discussion. 
All right. Well, let's move on to memorable scenes, quotes, lines, that sort of thing. I can go through a list, but I think we all have most of them on the tip of our tongues, right? Yeah. We're going to need a bigger boat. You're going to need a bigger boat. Definitely. That's definitely one. Uh, Rob, you're welcome to sing the uh, Quint song if you like. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to sing. Um... Farewell and adieu. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't this kind of goes maybe in trivia more than this but steven spielberg voiced the uh amity station radio voice when they called in for things i thought that was funny that he uh had to do a little you know appearance scrambling because he forgot to cast someone to do it yeah probably (laughs) for which part he was the Amity Station, like, Coast Guard office voice on the radio. Yeah, when, like, they called in and it was his wife needed him for something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Quint. Back home, we get a taxidermy man. Head's going to have a he- – heads? Ooh. There's some typos in this one. He's going to have a heart attack. He's going to have a heart attack when he sees what I brung him. <laughs> Smile, you son of a bitch, from Brody. That's a good one. Smile, you son of a bitch. This one is an ad lib from our man, Shaw. Uh, Here lies the body of Mary Lee, died at the age of 103. For 15 years, she kept her virginity. Not a bad record for this vicinity. That was, that was just Shaw being so, the same person. Uh, when I read that, I, I I heard that Spielberg said, "Give Ellen." I can't remember her the actress's name now. Um, just give her a hard time, like make yeah. her feel uncomfortable, and that's what he came up with. That's what he came up with. <laughs> Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Back, you know, the, back to the trivia. Sorry, but that made me remind uh, remind yeah. me of this. You know, they did, the studio did commission some live shark footage, and a lot of it was used during the cage scene. Yeah. And they, you know, were the the photographers, the underwater photographers were sort of told, like, what they were looking for from the film side. And they're like, well, we can't get a shark that big. So did you, (laughs) they pursued a former jockey. Yeah. four feet 11 to do some of the scenes in the cage so that he would look more out of size from the shark that was, I saw four foot nine, but I'll I'll go with you on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Well, uh, as an aside, did did you see, I think it was yesterday. uh, They, uh, I don't know, oceanographers or whoever um, got footage of a great white off of Oahu uh, that was like, I measured at 
20 feet or, or better. Like it was actually like the size of, jaw, of Jaws. They, they found a Jaws type shark. And that was just yesterday. So could have used him 45 years ago. <laughs> uh, all right. Any other quotes or scenes you want to mention? The slap fight. We talked about that one already. Mr. Hooper. Um, My favorite is when. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Hooper. That's a good one. When Hooper throws some rope at Quint and he can't catch it. And yeah. It's all tangled up in his hands. I love that. <laughs> I'm your sheep tank. Or uh, Hooper, when um, Brody ties the rope to the cleats of the boat and he hooks Hooper's hamstrings in yeah, and he gets cinched up inside the rope on the back of his legs. Yeah. Ugh, that hurts. <laughs> that does hurt. I can't believe I'm the one that's going to be saying this one, but I feel like this sh- the, one of the three of you should be saying this but the toast that quint does here's to swimming with bow-legged women oh yeah <laughs> it's drink to our legs i don't like the term bow-legged <laughs> i i prefer to call them pleasure curved <laughs> hilarious <laughs> you're always appropriate rob yes all right uh so this is where we get to the question. Uh, there's two well, questions. I, there's oh. also the other song that um, they sing. Um, oh, yeah. Show me the way to go home. I want to go to bed. Yeah. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I had a drink about an hour ago, and it's got right to my head. Yeah, Keep there's going. a lot of... Uh, Keep going. It's the most I've ever heard Brendan sing. <laughs> Show me. To go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago. I just got right to my head. Wherever I may roam, by land or sea or foam. All right, let's move on. The doll eyes. Well, yeah, Rob has doll eyes. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> they roll back and turn white. Would the plot and story of this movie work today and or oh, and uh, would this movie get made today? Yeah, absolutely. They're still trying. They still keep making this movie over and right. over again. Made There's always shark movies. Every year, it comes out in a different form, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the, I my answer was it it invented the not just the shark genre, but like the you know one opposition, whether that's a zombie movie or like a siege movie, like it it's the you know the battle movie, um, and they they like perfected it right out of the box. 
what would you want to see in a sequel if there wasn't one? Let, let's pretend those all those sequels don't exist. What's what's the sequel that you want to see? Well, here's one aspect I don't think you can get away from this entire production from the original to the sequel. These two producers purchased the book rights and they were so goddamn, you know, <laughs> obsessed with getting this movie out on the heels of the book that they rushed into it, right? So, like, they didn't have half the cast, yeah. even here, all this stuff. So, Spielberg goes on to make Close Encounters with Dreyfus. And by like all accounts, the, the studio could have had. Spielberg and Dreyfus back for the sequel if they just would have waited. Yeah. But they were so obsessed with getting number two out like that following summer that they just well, moved ahead. That's but they crazy. redeemed themselves with uh, Jaws 3 in 3D. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's SeaWorld. But my point is you could have literally had the largest movie franchise on Earth, like in history, I mean, if you just let Spielberg and Dreyfus and Schneider or Schneider come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I would go prequel, not that's the right answer. Sequel, and that is I want to know Quint. Uh Uh-huh. I want his whole The Adventures of Quint. Yeah. That's that's all I want to see. That that is like a a 10-part Netflix series. (laughs) I think I think he he had the trauma of war and then started and rose through the ranks of an ad agency in New York. And then, <laughs> Oh wait, wait, forget that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's finish up with the, how much are they worth game? Oh, my God. oh boy. And now let's play the, how much are they worth game? Now I have even more of a chance to not finish last. So this is very exciting for me. I need redemption. Me, Al, Eric, and Rob. All right. Hold your water for a second while I fire up the old uh, celebritynetworth.com. Well, by the way, while we're waiting, I think you could almost do a series of quaint stories, like almost like Jack Reacher just comes into a new town and imposes justice <laughs> like kung fu he's just walking there yeah. or the incredible no, he, hulk he, he drinks three quarters of a bourbon bottle and then kills you with the last remaining you know portion <laughs> all right uh let's start with the very detailed character of elaine brody uh, so it's Lorraine Gray or Gary. So yeah, Gary. Right. Wow. Uh, Lorraine Gary. What do we think, Lorraine Gary? Who do you have on your worth? list? Can you? <laughs> the only characters in the movie. I didn't know if you would do like Spielberg or John Williams. No, no, no. List. I'm trying to. I want to try to keep it to the actors at this point. Okay. I think we've done Spielberg at some other point. Oh, so right. I got Elaine Brody. I keep saying Elaine Brody. It's Ellen Brody. Ellen Brody. <laughs> Mayor Vaughn, Quint, Hooper, and Brody, Chief Brody. Uh, so this is Ellen Brody, Lorraine Gary. What do we think she's worth? Oh my God. Well, she was married to the head of the studio, right? Okay. And so 
as we've learned. I don't feel like she had a very illustrious oh. career. Uh, let me see here. I will come up with... Which studio put this out at the time? Universal. Universal. She's married to the head of Universal. Or a senior executive, at least. Something like that, yeah. Uh, I've got a number. Anybody else? I'm good. I got a number. All right. Eric, why don't you kick us off? Um, the head of Universal in 1975. Um, Do the math. Carry the one. 25 million. Okay. I'm saying five. I think it's, I think it's higher. I'm going to say 11. Um, I had 25. Oh, the double whammy. Mm -hmm. Lorraine Gary is an American actress who has a net worth of 10 million. No. Rob Nash on the board. Damn it. All right. Lovable Mayor Vaughn. His name is Murray Hamilton. It's, you know, a long career. But yeah, nothing. He's, he's like a lot of stuff. Like nothing blockbuster though, right? The only other, the only, only other thing I remember him from is he was Mr. Robinson in The Graduate. Oh. There you go. I mean, if you're an actor... And you're at the end of uh, your career, and you're like, man, everyone knows I played the best dick in every movie. <laughs> like, do you feel good? I guess you feel good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I often confuse uh, this guy with uh, Deep Throat from uh, All the President's Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, all right, let's okay. go with Rob. You go first. I got a number. I think. I think it's low. I think it's uh, uh, four million dollars. Rob was four. Uh, Al. I have eight. All right, I've got three. Eric. Uh, two. All right, Murray. He was in the Amityville Horror. He loves Amity. Someone <laughs> has hit it on the head and gets double points. Murray Hamilton was an American actor who had a net worth of, or has, yeah, had a net worth, he is no longer with us, of $4 million. Uh -huh. Nash, it's a double whammy. Wow. I'm running like, away with it. I'm untouchable. Hal Holbrook, by the way, is who you confused yes. Larry Clover with. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Rob has three points already. So Kelly. Let's go with Robert Shaw. Quint. How much of that money has he did he drink away? I would have. And well, we we were already talking about his problems with the uh, IRS. Exactly. So. exactly. Yeah. He's got the Nicolas Cage problem that we talked mm -hmm. about. He uh, Wesley Snipes. Could this be a negative number? I don't know. I feel like he was the kind of guy that 
pulling it together. Much like the speech. Uh, he showed up sober to get that one done. <laughs> I feel like he, he, he got his act together and he finished it. $12 million. Whoa. That's high. That's high. Damn it. That's too high. <laughs> I love the immediate regret. That's fantastic. Uh, I've got 10. Whoa. My number. Yeah. Three. Three for Al. Eric. I'm one. Because <laughs> he, he, he died within a couple of years of Jaws coming out. He died. He could have shared. Died in, he died in 1978. Hmm. Oh, I'm having trouble finding him on Celebrity Net Worth. In fact, I don't see him at all. What? I know. It's giving me Tommy Shaw. <laughs> I would suggest then that we replace him yep. with John Williams. We were saying that Oh my gosh. Johnny Williams, a young up and coming uh composer. Composer did the score of Jaws. He may have worked again, I'm not sure, but this is maybe his only movie, I'm not sure. Uh John Williams. Let's give him a number then. Well, Quint. Between just just to tick him off, and you got to presume that he got smarter and got better deals, you know, as he as he went forward. So you've got this movie, Star Wars, Superman movies, the Indiana Jones movies, yep. E. T. Harry Potter's. Oh, did he do Harry Potter? Yeah. He's Fucking crazy. Jurassic Park. Like every big movie ever. He did, I think, I, this was one of the trivia things I was trying to look up and I couldn't find an answer without having to do math and hmm. I just didn't want to do math of how many movies that John Williams and Steven Spielberg did together. And it's it was more than 20 in 2012. Yeah. He did Schindler's List too. I, Yes. I think so. Saving Private Ryan. And so that doesn't, uh, he, Maybe. yes. But that then, then he's also done George Lucas movies. He's done, you know, like it's a, an unbelievable resume. And I'm going to assume for like everything, at least after Star Wars, he owns. Right. Yeah. Like he, that's smart. Right. Yeah. So, like, when Jurassic Park's on TBS, he's getting paid. Oh man! I have, he did Empire of the Sun, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah, that I do. I have a number, and I I, I don't know what to make of this number. Yeah, I, I have know, a crazy. I'm, I have a crazy big number in my. I, head. Have, a, I have a really big number too. I'll, I have. I've got my num- an big even number. Even hundred million. Huh. I have a hundred million. Oh, I'm bigger than that. Oh, good. So am I. Yeah, so am I. Good. I don't like to be yeah. the top one. No, but I'm, I'm dropping it down right now. In my... <laughs> what do you want, Al? I'm 
225 million. Okay. Eric? Mine is 250. No. Rob? $375 million. Oh my God. I almost said 300. Did, did you say you dropped your number? Yes, I was so much higher. <laughs> 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 a half a billion dollars. Uh, 2.4 billion. Okay. Uh, let's see. Someone's close. Yep. John Williams uh, is a prolific music conductor. Conductor. I think that's selling him short a little bit. Um, with a net worth of $300 million. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So, Rob said what? Three seventy-five. Yep. And, and Eric, was... Eric said two fifty. Eric. Eric wins. Aha! <laughs> Price is right in me. He did, totally. That's why I like us writing the number down before we say it. Uh... 300. Yeah, he... Let's see. I almost said 300, too. I don't want to go into his... Can I tell you what my first crazy. number was? I thought it was crazy to say... What was your first number, Nash? Eight, 850 million. <laughs> <laughs> That's Spielberg money. Yeah. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go with uh, Mr. Hoopa. Richard Dreyfus. So, I don't know much about his career other than I don't I don't remember him getting into the like production end of the whole business. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's right. Just an actor. You know, like he didn't pull a cruise or a Brad Pitt where they have like the whole production company and so we got this we got close encounters and then nothing until what 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 about Bob right what about Bob is his what about Bob yeah Mr. (laughs) Holland's opus yeah he's in Stand By Me Me. uh American the American President um graffiti yes I don't think he's worth that much He's worth he's worth seventeen million dollars. Seventeen from Rob. Looking at my, I had written down a number and then I wanted to look at the roster of the movies and I got to readjust my number. Oh man, uh, my number is twenty-one. Mine is thirty. I have forty-seven. Forty-seven. Okay, uh, no one's really going to be happy, but <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss's net worth is, I'm surprised by this number, $5 million. Come on. Huh. Five million clams. Well, there's a, there's a... Do you have like a gambling addiction? Or horses? <laughs> there's got to be a serious spending problem there. He gave it all to Robert Shaw. No, I don't know. Put it all on the ponies or something. Hmm. I know, that's surprising. He won a freaking Oscar. This is, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is, we're, we're all basing it off of this website, so. 
if they're wrong, whatever, but it seems He's been crazy. divorced twice. That'll get you every time. Every time. All right, and finally, Roy Scheider, Martin Brody. What's his net worth? Let's see, Roy. He he occupies that space of American filmmaking for me that is so maybe I don't want to say terrible because I haven't watched it. <laughs> it's just opaque. It's like that, I don't know, 74 right. to like 79, maybe. It's just an empty space except for you know Star Wars and Aliens. And and Jaws. Well, in Jaws, yes. Of <laughs> uh, so if Dreyfus is at five, Roy Scheider? Sharky's machine? <laughs> I hope he's only in... Was he in Airwolf? Titles that... Blue uh, Thunder. Blue Thunder. Thank you, Eric. Thank you very much. Blue Thunder. We were talking about this last night. How can this happen again? Yep. Jesus. Um, he, was in, he was in Marathon Man. He was yeah. in French Connection. Those are big movies. Yeah. I'm going to say $9 million. Nine. Al, what do you got? I had four. Four. Eric, what do you got? Um, mine was 10. I've got 17. Whoa. Yeah, I think he may have uh, done well. Oh. Roy Scheider. Uh, when did he? When did he die? I don't know. Last movies I saw were in the two thousand to two thousand three. Now, before I say his number, I want to read a little bit about Roy Scheider and what they have. They have a quick little bio for each person. It's it's small, but. His, <laughs> I don't know why this is, is mentioned. Roy Scheider is an American actor and amateur boxer. <laughs> was a net worth of, uh, he was an excellent athlete throughout his school years, competing in the Golden Gloves as a welterweight. Like that's high in his accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right. His net worth his net is $15 million. Oh my God. Wow. I get oh. My gosh, I am taking I, I am the Brendan of this show. Allison two gets a, a goose egg. Again, two days in a row. I get one. Eric oh gets my one. Oh gosh, I've become the Brendan. Rob gets four. Oh, now I have to take nice. three. Yeah. Nice. Once again, we're still, I'm celebrating by not finishing last. So, <laughs> where the bar is set. You are celebrating in your wife's loss no in my my amazing victory wow getting one right (laughs) all right any uh closing thoughts on jaws and all that it is uh we i we sort of glossed over it sort of at the beginning when you're talking about uh like the first time we saw the movie, the first time I saw it was the same as Rob, like on the ABC Sunday night movie. Yeah. But I, I, I 
know very much know that I was aware of the movie much much sooner than that. Yeah. I honestly it it was one of those I I just feel like I always even as a little kid was aware of that movie. Like the way people talked about it, I always had it in my head it was like the scariest yeah. movie ever made. And it was almost infamous to me until seeing it on TV that first time when I was, I don't know, 10 or 12. I would agree. And I think the movie poster was like kind of added to that as well. Well, what was the slogan? Like, uh, you'll think twice before going in the water. Don't go back in the water. Don't go back in the water. Just when you thought it was safe. safe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because it was such a, it was just, uh, it was everywhere. It was constantly mentioned in in pop culture all over the place. Mm -hmm. So we all knew it before we saw it. I think Aliens, Alien did that for me too. Mm -hmm. All right, it's getting late. Let's get out of here. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.